No, I don't. I don't deny it any longer. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I didn't understand it, honestly, your pushback on it. And I'm thinking, why? It's just so basic. Why wouldn't he want to do that? No. But we get set in our ways and, you know, right. we become creatures of habit. You know. You know. Well, it's true. I, <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah, for sure. I, especially not having one now, I, I notice a big difference. And, uh, and every time I... Look over to my left where the screen would be. I think, oh, Dandoran, you were right as usual. God damn it. Mm. Isn't there something as TV there that you can just, you know, hook up? There is no television here where I am. Really? That's right. No TV. TV has not come to Mexico yet. (laughs) Is that, you know, that's probably... Do they have... Do David and his partner... Do they have a TV at their place in Calgary? No say, amigo. That information, I do not know. Because that's a, that's a pretty... They obviously um, don't have one in Mexico for, for a reason. Probably mm-hmm. this is our escape. We don't need the telly to occupy our uh, time. Or they watch uh, that's on laptops. Well, they don't even do that. You know, Fred's right. They, you know, I've been here several times now with both of them. Mm-hmm. And other than a laptop at bedtime, like I know they watch a series on Netflix or so. When they go to bed, they often will sit and watch a show for an hour before they go to sleep. But that's it. There's no television in this apartment for them to watch during the day. One of the best things I did, Dan, the last time I came to Mexico, and I'm not sure if you're going to do it when you're in uh, Dominican, Fred, but it's well worth the money, is I have a VPN so that my computer can, thinks it's in Canada so I can watch mm-hmm. Bell 5. You know, I can, yes. I'm going to watch the Bills game tonight. I watched some golf yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's great. Yep. I, I've, uh, I've been using a VPN uh, way back to 2019 when I first went to Mexico. I had the VPN, and I bought the cord that goes in the side of your computer, and you can plug into the back of a TV so your computer screen can be displayed on a big screen television. What? <laughs> Nothing. I just think that's great. No, I was just looking down at a joke I've been just saving all weekend oh. to tell you. No, that's you are. Oh, it's super cheesy. Uh, you are Mr. Uh, you're Mr. Well, for, VPN. For, for ten bucks, you can buy the cord again, side yeah. of your computer, back yeah. of the TV, mm-hmm. and uh, there you go. You get twenty, you know, like thirty-five, forty-five, fifty-five inches of your computer. Mm. Why well, did that when when Darren? Figure and I, it out. All right, I did figure it out when Darren was yeah. with me in San Miguel last uh, winter. I had my HDMI cable. They did have a TV, and he and I watched uh, some Leaf games and what have you on the big screen. Oh, tell us more. Oh, <laughs> he just finished going into the mind-numbing detail. Okay, here's the joke. All right, I told right. my so I told my wife uh, they made a car out of spaghetti. You should have seen her face while I drove pasta. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Dan. Let me explain. detail. Let me try to explain that to you. I told okay. my wife that they made a car out of pasta. You should have, because right. pasta 
Or spaghetti. No, spaghetti. No, spaghetti. Up, yeah. spaghetti. Spaghetti, yeah. Okay, here's another one. That, that I, I'm not that's sure. That's the thing about those dad jokes. Something you got to really watch <laughs> oh, yeah. the way you present them, because sometimes you could fuck them up that, as you just did. Yes, I did. The second time. The second time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is going to... You know, I thought I know I'll be able to pull this off. It's so dumb. What do you get when you put a brown chicken and a brown cow together? A brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> do you know what that is? That's the, oh, that's, that's like the beginning chicken, of a song. Bow, bow. It's oh. like brown chicken, brown cow. No. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm not just, sure I would even use that one. I know. I just like doing it. Brown chicken, brown cow. Um, anyway, let's start. All weekend show. you've been doing that? All weekend I've been thinking to myself, <laughs> I can't wait to go brown chicken, brown cow. Listen, wow, let's, we got serious business to take care of, so... Let's get all the silliness out of the way and uh, right. have the, uh, the very uh-huh. professional Dan Daru to start this program. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our mobile, state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Porto Aventuras, Mexico. From our well-equipped basement facility in Brampton with a new tablecloth and from a side porch of a Stratford home. And it's brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta, along with returning sponsors Bodog and Kelsey's. And now here are two men who are beginning an H&F endorsement program with a review of travel shorts, butt shaping, and easy access for frontal scratching gets higher stars. It's Humble and Fred. I'm just uh, texting your son right now. A big happy birthday. I am. Prior to the show, we had a few guffaws because Dan told us that he bought Colton for his birthday, you know, a bathroom scale. And it all, among other things, it measured uh, a bone density. So as as one could imagine, yeah. we we sort of lost control <laughs> on that one. <laughs> we can't really... We can't reenact that. It was just too precious. Uh, <laughs> and, and just so as soon I think, as he said bone density, oh, the whole place smoke, smoke came out our ears. <laughs> That's right. And I think uh, what was your line that I liked? You said uh, when when Dan steps on the scale, the scale that measures bone density, the scale that I give up. <laughs> That's right. Actually, actually, when Dan steps on the bone density scale, it says brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a question for you two. When you travel, and you have, so Dan, don't don't pretend you don't have an answer to this question. All right. You know, let me just give you a little um, context. I I often, and it's happened recently. This is why I'm bringing it up. You know, when people talk about what they do for a living, especially at this time, and, you know, most of the people I run into, and, and this has happened to Fred, I'm sure maybe you, Dan, where on these trips we've been on the last couple of years, people just meet me or meet you and assume we're retired because they're retired. And inevitably, when I say, no, no, I'm still working, of course, they want to know what you do for a living. So that's the context of this conversation. What, uh, Dan Duran, do you tell somebody who you come upon I'm sorry. I mean, meet. <laughs> Who you meet. Raincoat. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. Um, when you meet somebody, Dan, what, what, and, and the conversation, you know, is like, oh, and what do you do for, what, what do you say? 
Well, usually I try and saw, like I don't want to. I usually don't want to go into it, so I'll just say something broad, like you know, I work at you know, I work in the media, or mm-hmm. and then and then they drill down a little bit, and then it just because it, it's just I don't, I'm bored of explaining it, and you know, if you haven't, I don't know, just it, sometimes you can come across like you're bragging, hundred percent, and that's not what I want to do. Of so course, I, I totally to agree. Stay away from it, right? Uh, Fred, man, what do you say? Uh, that's a tough one, eh? Um, uh, different things all the time. It depends on the question and the person and whether I think they're interested or they'd understand what I do. You know what I mean? I just, I anything from, uh, I still dabble at a few things. Right. You know, or to, um, you know, I'm semi-retired. I basically do what I've always done, but on my own time and own conditions now. And But again, then you start getting into detail and it's like... And and really, like, aren't we retired? Like, well, we're not. So uh, okay, I, yeah, okay. But I but I understand. <laughs> but here's the thing: I, I, what you two have just expressed is exactly how I feel. It's uncomfortable. So I have a thing now. If I meet somebody in the golf course, and they and if it if it happens early on, I'll just defer. Kind of like what you said. I'm semi-retired. I'm a consultant. Sometimes I do the uh, George Costanza. I'm in computer sales, and then no one has a follow up. You know, there's no follow-up to that. No one cares. Yeah. Anyway, the reason it came up is I I met some friends of my brother's, and they're really nice guys. They just live down the beach here. I golfed with one of them the other day, and so I was just looking out, you know, at at the sunset yesterday, and every every day there's a group of people that sort of gather and have some drinks and watch the sun go down. So one of the guys I play golf with sort of waved me over, and I'm like... Okay, and, and there was a couple guys. So there's four of us. There's two guys that were dentists. Uh, the guy I golfed with and me. And in very one guy was from Pennsylvania, so we started talking about Toronto, et cetera. And, and then at one point they said, What do you still work? And I said, Yeah, I'm, you know, semi retired. I said all those things you said. And then I was kind of put on the spot to sort of be honest and say what I do. And and just what you said going into the explanation always sounds so weird and it's like, well, they were all from, the two of the guys were from Calgary. So I said, well, have you heard of Jerry Forbes? And they said, yeah. I said, well, my partner and I kind of do a show like Jerry Forbes, you know, if it were, if for, to, for some context, I'm not saying we're as big as Jerry Forbes. We did that in Toronto for years. Exactly. Radio. Yes. And then they, if you start there and then because, again, you know, whole time, you know, as time goes on, um, the usage of uh, you know technology and podcasts is getting older. It's just every so often you still hit on that guy that looks at you like he has no idea what you're talking about. And, and these guys were perfect. The, the problem with it, I find, and this is what you were sort of getting at, Dan, is then it's then this is this becomes the topic of conversation, and I didn't want it to be. Yeah, and because there's a lot of follow up questions, and these guys were great. Both of them were dentists, and I had questions. I wanted to talk about what that was like. And then, of course, this comes up. Uh, where do you get your topics from? <laughs> and, I, you know, I don't know where. Well, Dan has a big dick. That's how we start the show almost every day. How do you explain that to grown men who have had real jobs and paid taxes? I love that. How do you here, That was one of the questions in this group last night. How do you pick your topics? And my response was, hey, what were you guys talking about just before? You know, I came over to hang out with you and they said, we were talking about golf. I said, well, 
you know, sometimes we talk about golf and we talk about sports. We talk about current events. And, you know, and I said a lot of it is nonsense. And, uh, oh, we got to, we got to, how do I tune in? And I'm like, and now, we, now I've got people mm-hmm. who want to hear this. Now you're totally annoyed. <laughs> Not annoyed. I'm t- I'm, I know what it is. I know you're being funny. It's, you're it's, having a, the, the, you know, you walk over to tee off and they're going, boy, something's bugging him today. <laughs> I, yeah, I know what you're being, but you know what it is? It's not annoyance. It's embarrassment because as you get into your early 60s, and you meet other men of your ilk who yes. had real lives. You know, what we've done for 35 or 40 years just seems weird. Well, when you tell them, you know, that explanation you gave about, you know, what did you talk about today? Well, that's basically what we do on the show. I think a lot of people go, well, who cares what <laughs> yeah. I have to say? So who would care what you have to say? Part of that. Another thing that, not that it bothers me, I think about this whole, you know, this whole narrative now that everybody has a podcast. Oh, yeah. Everybody, everybody in their mother's basement, everybody has a podcast. And that sort of tugs at me a bit, too, because you say, oh, I have a podcast. And then, you know, people that are tuned in on enemy level go, oh, really? You and you and your next door neighbor, uh, you and the lady <laughs> right. across the street. You know, it's so that's why I don't like to go there because they have no idea. Then you then it gets back to what Dan says. It sounds like you're bragging. You say, oh, we actually it's we actually make a living off this. People actually pay us money. We actually have more than one revenue stream. And then it sounds like you're boasting or something. Well, I had to go into the background. I said, we had a show on the radio. And then I said, if we started this at 12 years ago, we started what was called an Internet radio show. At the same time, I mentioned Sirius XM. Just give them some idea that we're not just two guys that decided, you know, we like this. We like to do something on the Internet. So we got into our basements. Mm -hmm. Uh, What they do like, though, they all relate to the idea that you can that we can do the show remotely and uh the yes. fact that 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 seems to not, it seems not to impress. I guess impress. Uh, it seems to make yeah. sense to a lot of people that we're able to do shows wherever we are. And again, this is sort of off the topic at hand. It still blows me away when I listen to podcasts. Not only we do it remotely, but we do it remotely with quality. I'm still surprised at how many people within our industry, radio people who do podcasts. And that number is growing all the time. How shitty the quality is. It's like unbelievable. It's almost like they've compromised. Oh, it's a podcast. I don't have to worry about that or something. But as we know, that's huge. That's key. Especially when you have an existing brand like ours or anybody else that has an existing brand. People expect a certain level of quality because for years and years and years, they heard you on the radio with the utmost quality. And again, so here we are, we do it remotely, but we maintain a quality that sounds like the radio. So, so key, so key. Dan, you were a production uh, engineer, a producer extraordinaire. Why do you, if the barrier for entry to what Freddie just said is so small, I, I was explaining to these guys that we used to have a huge studio with a, an actual soundboard and, you know, and I said, now that the, the piece of equipment we use is the size of a laptop, it's actually, I'm looking over it. Why do you think most... It's not. It's not expense, is it, Dan? Or they just don't care. They just they don't, don't know. know. I think it's they don't know to care. Mm. Yeah. Same thing. Fred happened to me yesterday. I turned off. I turned off a podcast that I thought I'd be interested in because mm-hmm. of that. The, the one of the guests was like the total room noise. I couldn't really understand. And I said, "I forget it. I'm not going to bother with it." Mm-hmm. But it's well, it, it's that people are not. It was so surprising because it was a professional show. 
it was astonishing to me that, that, that those people don't hear it and say, wait, whoa, 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 because most podcasts are, are not live like ours mm. is. So they have the opportunity to say, okay, well, everything, you know, test everything out before they get going with their guest. Mm-hmm. And you'd think the first thing you do is, well, just put your Apple uh, earbuds in and that'll be the best microphone you have right now rather than the laptop piece of crap that oh i see what you mean yeah why wouldn't before they release it because yeah almost no podcasts are done like ours which is sort of streaming live at the same time so why wouldn't they yeah. i don't know man like i i mean some of the ones i listen to on the weekend i listen to this new york times ones it it, it its quality was good smartless is getting better flying the walls not bad um well i recently i listened to one of a you know long time popular toronto morning man <laughs> And there was three or four people on the show, and his quality, the host, was the worst of them all. And I'm thinking, isn't that interesting? It sounded muffled and distant. And then one of the guests barges on. Well, maybe barge isn't the right word, but explodes onto the scene with a high-pitched, clear, crisp, loud, um, you know, uh, contact Mm -hmm. connection. And then the second guest is somewhere in between. So then it gets to the point where you're not even listening to the content you know, you're trying to decipher what's going on here. It's just not professional. Well, that might be the most professional thing about our program. Um, all right. Well, that's all. Again, it happens every time I've gone away now the last three winters where I, I just don't want to, you know, whether it's bragging or part of it is just I know. Here's what I know. Once the there are a lot of follow up questions. When I say computer sales, there are no follow up questions. Maybe one. Uh, where's, what's your territory? Uh, Southern Ontario. Okay, next. <laughs> you, know. You, you know. Do you not, Howard, though, when, find out, when you find out what someone else does in a situation like that, are you not interested? You're a big question asker. I Absolutely. am, too. Because I, you know, and since retirement or semi-retirement, I often think about that. At the time... You know, when we're doing a morning show and making great money and laughing every day and working three hours a day, you're forgetting that a lot of your friends and colleagues are getting up in the morning and not necessarily enjoying their destination and working eight, nine hours a day for not nearly as much money. So I often like to ask questions just about, you know, what was that like? Like, what was your job like? What did it entail? Did you enjoy it? Like, you know, would you recommend it to, you know, to your kid or whatever? That's what I find interesting when I meet people. When well, I meet people well, that's uh, what that, did, that, did, that did real people jobs, like grown-up jobs. Frederick, Frederick, the reason this all happened is because I sat mm-hmm. down with these guys. Two of them I had, you know, met before. One I hadn't. Right. When I found out that the two guys... Uh, in the group, two of the four of us were dentists. All of the, all of the, what do you do for a living came way right. after I asked these guys about being a dentist. In fact, here's the question I asked them among many questions. I said, guys, I'm going to ask you a question and I just, just understand. I said, I only asked this because I've read it for years. I right, said, I know. you know, the question I asked them. Mm, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? I, I, at first I was a little bit nervous about asking them, Dan, the question I mm-hmm. asked them was, why is it that dentistry has the highest rate of suicide amongst all medical professionals? And they had great answers for it. And uh, they weren't offended by the question. In fact, one of the gentlemen said, you know, um, He's talking about, you know, different aspects of dentistry. 
And uh, he had mentioned that he had a friend, a, a colleague that had all, uh, taken his own life. So it was a great discussion. And it was only way after the fact. And they were sort of like, after we exhausted dentistry, they said, and what do you do? And I couldn't go computer sales. Mm, um, I see. Is that when the sun said? Yeah, so it's the sunset on the conversation. <laughs> oh, we have a good time. Yeah, we got no time. The sun is down. See you. You know, in the workplace, perspective is such a, it's a huge thing. Um, I've told the story, and I'm not kidding. Some of the, t- some of the uh, tumultuous times at CFNY through the late 80s, early 90s, like you, Howard, I walked out of there someday thinking, like, maybe I should try something different. And then what I would do, and this is no word of a lie, get and I, you know, all those factories around the radio station there at Kennedy Road, mm-hmm. I would just drive around those streets and look at the guys in the back of the factories of the guys loading trucks and stuff. And that gave me perspective. Like, what am I thinking? You know, and I, oh, my life is so hard because that program director said something I didn't something like. Or, mean. <laughs> you know, they're putting me to work with this person for the next two months while they figure it out. Like... It, it's just great perspective. Like, you have to do that. And I think with dentists, perspective would be, yes, this person's breath stinks, and they don't know how to brush their teeth, but this gold crown puts me one step closer to my place in Mexico that I'm going to retire. Exactly. At, right? Well, two things. Yeah. I, I actually remember this somewhere in the in 1991 when it was just horrible there at CFNY, for me at least. I remember calling Randy, ex-wife Randy, mm-hmm. and saying, "Is there? Do you think that I could just quit? Because there's, could we, could we just, could I just quit? Maybe go to some other city." But the second part about dentistry, I, I asked these guys, "I said, why? What do you think it is that is so stressful about your job?" And it wasn't people's stinky breath. And one of the perspectives was this: unlike a lot of other. You know, here's the, you know, if you're a doctor, you're a GP, you see a bunch of patients, but your immediate impact on that patient isn't felt, right? You know, if you come in for mm-hmm. a prescription and mm-hmm. weeks later you find out whether the person felt better or not. But with dentistry, every patient you see is like a little mini surgery. So there's a lot of stress around it. There are no sort of freebies all day, even if you're just putting in a, whatever you're doing, whatever dentists do. You know, the, the hygienist, you know, doing the cleaning is different. But everything that dentist sees in a day is a potential make or miss, make or break kind of situation. So maybe they said that there's a little bit of that. And the fact that, you know, 50% of the people you've seen a day hate you. Like, they don't want to be there. <laughs> they don't want to be there. Oh, I'd say it's more than 50. Jesus. Well, whatever it is, if you're, you're, you're doing yeah. your job. And a lot of the people you see in this very stressful situation just don't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the same time, too, through all those years, I used to look at some of my other friends and think, oh, they're in a union. They got a job for life. You know, they have that security. Yeah, I'm making king size dough right now as the norm goes. But it could be gone next year. And then yeah. what? Right, exactly. Well, <laughs> what that was they're doing, saying. I might have to start at the bottom. You so know, you always had that stress. I was pretty good at, at shoveling that off, though, that, that stress. of Your perspective was different tomorrow. But your perspective was different than Dan and or I mm-hmm. because, you know, we lived it a little bit more uh, in real yeah. time than you did. Because Dan and I, when mm-hmm. we were in multiple radio stations, you were, event, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you weren't mm-hmm. for the first 30 years. Yeah, you were a lifer for the first 30 years of your career. Like, I, for you people that are new, Fred and I had never been fired 
until around 2005, 2006. And then after that, people just couldn't stop firing us. It became it's a very, very fun. Hey, Humble and Fred are fired. But uh, we went from radio station to radio station. In fact, by the time I met Dan in 1978, even though I'd only worked there a short time, I'd already worked at two radio stations, Weyburn and Moose Jaw. Dan, you'd worked at... That was your uh, Edmund, Edmonton, Lloydminster, Calgary. So, so that I was your that was your fourth radio station by the time I met you, and by the time you and I met Fred, you know I'd worked at half a dozen. You'd worked at at least six or seven or eight, and that's what. But to your point, Freddie, I always had that in my mind. Even though we had contracts, I always felt like okay, this is a three year deal. At the mm-hmm. end of which, I may not, I may have to find a new job. Right. All right. Anyway, that's. uh, But I think you, like I, too, and not here we go into the boasting part. I always looked at it as I I just always, well, for 20, almost 30 years, lived below our means. I did. I saved a lot of money because I knew the nature of the business. All you had to do was look around and look at other examples of guys that were flying high and then became destitute just because of bad planning. So I did that. I mean, on the recommendation of, you know, a few people, it was like, yeah, that's a very precarious profession. You might want to, uh, you know, think a little more long term when it comes to cash in your paychecks, which I did. And I know you did, too. So here we sit. So here we sit. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get the uh, real pro. Anyway, that, I just thought I thought of you guys yesterday when they started talking about, you know, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, well, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. Uh, Dan Durant, are you, I can't remember if we talked about this uh, before the Humble and Fred weekend. Did you, uh, anything about the SAG strike mean anything to you? Or is, are you going to get back to, you're already, you know, doing Canadian stuff. Are you doing any, will that make any difference to your life? Oh, yeah. You know, like hopefully. Because all those productions are now back and there's a few more auditions floating around. My agent, my on-camera agent, the moment that happened, she sent an email. So well, that's good. Bang right there. It's like it's big news. So, yeah, it's big news in the industry for sure for Canada because so many U.S. productions uh, happen up here. And the, and the strike, they just all dis- all the American productions disappeared. So, okay. News. Well, I'm glad, yeah. I, you know, we're happy for you because, uh, you know, here on the Humble and Fred show, even though you're one of our star employees... Uh, you know, we're not, we can't support you, Dan, <laughs> you know, so go out we can't support, we can barely support yeah. ourselves. Make sure that you've got outside sources of income. Yeah. Hey, you know what uh, happened to me on the weekend? Please tell me. Lisa, uh, girlfriend, Lisa, girlfriend, Fee- Lisa. Hey, I'm sorry. Is it, is it fiance Lisa yet? Is it? No, it's girlfriend. Lisa, girlfriend Lisa. Uh, <laughs> as, uh, Mentioned, uh, you know, a couple of asides about getting my hair cut. My hair is getting a little long. So uh, I went into a random barbershop, got a great cut from a younger guy in his 30s or so, and I uh, went to pay. And I saw on the wall is the, the list there. And it was $10 cheaper for seniors, 65 and over. Nice. <laughs> nice. And uh, he gave me the discount without asking. And oh, Wow. There, that yeah, had me thinking on the, on the way out. I'm going, oh, the seniors yeah. discount, but he didn't ask me. <laughs> yeah. So am I really showing my age here? Yeah, I was a little bit. It took me aback. It took me aback. Got to well, say. Th- th- I told you the story. Me this summer, it went the other way. We were golfing and there was a seniors discount and there was four of us going to golf. And me and my son, Danny, got there. And I said to the guy, 
I said, we're the first two of the foursome. I said, do you have a senior's discount? And he said, yes. Why? Do you have a senior coming? Oh. Oh. Well, that's there because you know. Words to that effect. Well, he didn't think it was me. That's because your whole vibe is rock and roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, no, I said, thanks, buddy, but I'm me. Do you want to see my birth certificate? He said, no, 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 no. He said, I, oh, that's great. Yeah, seniors discount. And, of course, I gobbled it up. Yeah, you did. Mm. Well, Dan, listen, I mean, there, if, if it, you know, people in their 30s, they wouldn't know whether you were like everyone mid 50s and up is a senior to them you know i wouldn't take yeah, it too maybe hard you're right yeah yeah well i think it was the bay is the bay still exist are there still the bay stores or not i, are they I don't gone? know i think I so i think there's one i think there's one down on young street but they were the first ones Queen. to offer the uh seniors at 55 and oh, I remember yeah. Dahl used to say, you should always look to see if uh, what you want is at the Bay because they give the seniors discount at 55. And I used to think, oh, gee, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready for the seniors discount. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to tell you. I, I've told it too many times but I, about when I go to the movies before I was at because I'm still not 65, but I'm not sure what the movie price is. But I always act like I always get the senior ticket because I've, I figure the 20 something at the ticket who's taking my ticket doesn't know whether I'm. 58 or 63 but i told you <laughs> i would always go to the wrong movie sure. this doesn't seem like more of a doddering old look idiot at that doddering look old at that man. idiot <laughs> yeah. um all right dan uh listen we got a lot there's a lot to get to we're only doing four shows this week everyone which is the norm that's another thing i told these guys and they were trying to like do you do the show every day do you i said yeah i i um well let me just get back to that just for the last part which is because we like doing it, that's why I said to them last night, as the sun was setting, I said, not only am I lucky that, you know, I talked about the pandemic and how we were able to do the show remotely. I said, not only is that kind of a gift and we're lucky to do it. I said, I'm also lucky is I, I can't wait to do it. I mean, I couldn't wait to go brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> I mean, like, what a great thing it was to that. Here we are in our 60s, Dan, into your 90s. You're able to still... Anyway, well, there's another thing just quickly before we move on that perspective. There's people I think within my world that actually think, oh, poor Freddie's still got to do that because, you know, he can't retire, which is fine. But I just got that feel because they don't really know what a podcast is and they don't really understand the whole concept. It's just he gets up every day and still has to do something because, you know, Fred he can't retire yet. And I find that somewhat amusing. I can just feel it through some people. And nothing could be farther than the truth. But we do this because we want to do this. And again, I'm 67. I want to be doing this at 77. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Well, Cheesy jokes at all. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know how, but listen, I'm not surprised that uh, that's how people think. But I mean, as the people that know you should know better because you ever go into a store dan and they like some small mom and pop shop and they've got like a dollar bill on the wall the the first dollar yeah, that yeah. they ever made yeah. oh sh- <laughs> <laughs> fred fred's got an entire his entire um, den is is just the first dollars that he's ever made <laughs> every station mm, no just all, period all Oh, I see. Oh, okay, so if I okay. had, you know, the first, if I had all the money I ever made, the first dollar I ever made, how did I buy this house? How did I buy my car? How do I buy my toilet? Don't, hey, how did I raise my th- kids? Don't throw logic Somebody at me. Somebody else's money? <laughs> Doll, don't throw logic at me. Uh, Dan Duran That's will... That's out uh, the window. It's, yeah, this, it's 2023. This, this is nonsense. Oh, yeah, we don't need logic. Uh, Dan Duran will return 
uh, in about half hour's time to uh, do the Dan Duran News. It's just us today. And then we're going to talk... Uh, I know a lot of people, their eyes roll back in their head when we start talking insurance, but our buddy Brett Tanner is going to join us today mm-hmm. for some grown-up conversations around insurance. In the meantime, why don't you tell people how it is we keep in business? Well, you referenced the Buffalo Bills earlier in the show, and they play tonight. It's the Monday Nighter. Bills have been playing a lot of night games lately. Uh, it's the Monday Nighter in Buffalo against the Denver Broncos, the Buffalo Bills. A seven-point pick, the over-under on that game, 47.5. Listen, Bill's better win this one. That's all I can say. And don't ask me about the Argonauts on Saturday. Oh, my goodness. Another one of those Toronto stories. Yeah. Anyway, whether you're a sports better, <laughs> a horse racing fan, a poker, or casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yeah, i got to uh, talk about Kelsey's and then we can circle back as the grown-ups say, to the Toronto Argonauts. Keyword, Toronto. Uh, let's talk about Kelsey's. We're still trying to nail down, and I'm going to work at it. I'm, I'm gonna, I have nothing to do today except Spanish and figure out a date for this Kelsey's Humble and Fred gift of Christmas. In the meantime, hockey fans, grab your uh, friends and take a trip down the block to Kelsey's to watch the game. How about this? Enjoy a cold 16-ounce uh, Molson Canadian draft for only six fifty. Enter for your chance to win an original six hockey ticket. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game, get a ticket, and enter to win. This is on for a limited time only, so head on over. Game night should not be a tame night. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today, the original Roadhouse. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more details. No purchase necessary. Taxes extra. Must be legal. Drinking age. And uh, as I mentioned, we're trying to put together a listener party at Kelsey's. But you can put together your own party at Kelsey's because they love to celebrate. If you're looking to host a holiday party, book on Kelsey's.ca and save 10% per guest. Now, you got to do this in the next couple of days if you're thinking about it. If you book your party before November 15th, you could win a $500 gift card. Now, that's the uh, thing before November 15th. You can still book your party after that. If you want to, visit Kelsey's.ca for more information. I wasn't uh, completely aware of what was going on in Argoland until I saw that the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers are playing in the Grey Cup for the uh, fourth year in a row, looking for their third Grey Cup victory. I just want to read you the way the story, I mean, in one of the prep services mm-hmm. I use. <laughs> That's just, as soon as I read this, I thought of you. I see, so here's the story. It says, the Blue Bombers are looking for their third Grey Cup victory in four years, while the Alouettes fresh off a stunning upset mm-hmm. of the Toronto Argonauts. And I went, okay, I guess I should uh, ask my friend what that means. So set the stage for me. Um, and, and by the way, it also said that the Alouettes are looking to put a bow on their Cinderella run. What's all that mean? Uh, well, the Argonauts set a club record, tied a league record for the most wins in a season. They, were, they went 16-2. and two. The problem with that, they hadn't played a game that meant anything in about two months. Then they got the bye to the Eastern Final against Montreal. And um, I don't know if they choked. They just, it just, 
it was just unbelievable to watch. I watched it, and you know, Chad Kelly, who may be selected the league's MVP this year, he just fell apart. Like the first drive, the Argonauts went down, almost scored, and then he threw an interception almost on Montreal's goal line. The guy ran it back for a touchdown, and it went downhill from there. And they just couldn't recover. Then he started making plays that you just didn't understand. It's like the play's over. Why did you throw that ball up in the air? And anyway, the Argonauts, who I think led the league in least amount of turnovers turned the ball over i believe seven times Jesus. on saturday yeah it was just crazy um so you're you're sitting there going okay you know you expect them to go to the gray cup you know montreal finished 11 and 7 on the season not a bad season but they're not nearly what the argonauts are but they were on this day on any given day as they say and uh they crushed them. I think it was like the uh, final score was like 38 to 17 or some stupid thing wow. like that. Um, it was just shocking. But to be fair, from the Toronto aspect, last year, just last year, the Argonauts weren't expected to win the Grey Cup. They weren't expected to get to the Grey Cup. They did. And then they weren't expected to have any chance against Winnipeg in the Grey Cup game and did and won. So, you know, I mean, the Toronto tag doesn't fully apply to them. But this year, it was really expected. They would just roll to the Grey Cup. But uh, as so often happens in sports, don't count your chickens. Well, that's a great thing that's about sports. Happened. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, on this, you're, you're right. This is not a, a Toronto sports team situation because they've had mm-hmm. some success recently. Yeah. And you never know on, you know, the, the any given Sunday tag mm-hmm. can happen. And just... Popping, is, did Jim, that's Jim Kelly's kid. I'm sure you've told me that. His nephew. His nephew, Chad Kelly. Yeah. I mean, it's too bad, but uh, it's not like they've been on a 70-year run or whatever it is to like the Leafs. But, and that's another thing, by the way, when I meet people here. I met a lot of Canadians in the last couple of weeks, a lot of Calgarians here. And uh, they all assume I'm a uh, Toronto Maple Leaf fan. And there's a certain glee when they find out that I'm not really. They... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that whole Toronto stink, but this is not a Leafs uh, situation with the Argos. This is a little bit of like, hey, just happens. Yeah, um, as I texted my buddy Doug uh, after the game on Saturday, I said there's a lot of very happy people across the country today because the Leafs aside, when it comes to the CFL, it's strictly a Canadian league, and it's just assumed you know the Argos have the best resources, the most money. You know they're owned by. Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, blah, blah, blah. So I think, uh, like in, in Montreal, they loved it because, you know, they beat Toronto. Hamilton, I'm sure they loved it because the big bad Argos got embarrassed. They did, got embarrassed, and right across the country. That's just the nature of that beast. And, uh, yeah, it made, you know, the Argonauts lost. And it was, and you know what another thing is, Howard, which was a tragedy, you know, all season long, they 11, 12, 13, 15,000 fans. No, they I heard. packed the place. Yeah, I heard they that. packed the place for that game and, 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 uh, and then choke. I was just about to bring that up. I, that one thing I had heard about the game, I heard they lost, and, but I'd also heard they packed BMO Field. Is that where they play BMO Field? Yeah. Yeah, they packed yep. it. Mm-hmm. Very exciting game. And I, they kept showing uh, pictures, shots of our buddy uh, Pinball up in the executive lounge and he just had this bewildered look on his face as you can imagine yeah poor guy he's the president of the organization yes. now and uh you know a longtime friend of the humble and fred show that we have not had on our program for a long time 
Well, let's be honest. He's not the best interview. He can, yeah, but he's the sweetest guy. He's the very sweetest. He's a guy. sweet yeah. man. Uh huh. Um, anyways, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to switch gears here. So I, I don't know if you're uh-huh. aware of this. It was brought to my attention. Actually, brought to our attention by our uh, good friend and music director Keith Wyland. Last week, uh, the third uh, or fourth of November, I don't know exactly it. There was a bunch of commotion on Queen Street in front of the Rivoli, which is a club that holds a couple hundred people. And apparently some, uh, you know, super Neil Young fans caught wind of the fact that Neil was in Ontario. And so, uh, and there was a rumor that he was going to play the Rivoli. So these guys, the super fans, booked a bunch of tables at the Rivoli. And then the day later, the club called and canceled their reservations. Except, no explanation, except that the club was booked for a private event. And over the next day or so, big trucks were seen in front of the uh, Riv. The whole street was blocked off. Check this out. They blocked off the street as though it was shut down for a movie. (laughs) And uh, anyway, Neil Young apparently played a private gig for some super rich people at the Rivoli uh, Saturday, November 4th. What do you think of that? I wish I'd have been there, obviously. Although I saw the set list. Did you see the set list? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. It's really weird to me. Yeah, like um, the only the yeah. only song I'm re- well, they they only had a partial set. The list. encore. Yeah, this was the encore. Oh. Cinnamon Girl. Oh. Um. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was probably more than that. But the songs I saw, a lot of them, I don't even remember. Yeah, me neither. So uh, if I'm a rich guy and I'm getting them to play my birthday or the birthday of somebody I love, I'm is, isn't part of that deal. I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars, yeah. but I want these songs. Yeah, performed. dude, those are th- th- those. I'm looking at the set list now. There's no way those are the only songs he played. There's there's only like ten of them. He played for a couple hours. Uh, Two hundred people. Yeah, were, I guess. Yeah. So it was a reverse surprise party. And um, 200 people were, well, it's, I guess it's uh, basically they, they, they got there and the surprise was Neil Young was, like it wasn't a surprise for the host whose birthday it was. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Right. It was a surprise for the people who attended who didn't know who the band was going to be. And then Neil Young comes on, after which the Arkells played. Mm. My wife, I told her the story, and of course the question she asked, how much do you think Neil Young would get for a private party? Yeah, that's what I was going to... What would your your guess be? I'm going to guess a couple million. A couple? I I said one, and she said, no way, thinking that was high. And I said, just look at the price of a concert ticket right now, and you're Neil Young, you've got all the money you'll ever need, and somebody says, will you play my private party? You're not cutting anybody any deals. It's like, yeah, uh, a million bucks or no, or whatever, two million or no. Like, yeah, that's that's my price. If I'm going to drag my ass into this little bar and play for all your rowdy friends, here's what it's going to cost. I'm going to tell you why I know that, or why I um, guess that. Because I know I've seen this, and this was 10 years ago. I've seen what the private gig price for bands like the Bare Naked Ladies, Our Lady Peace, mm-hmm. people at that level, if they're getting a couple hundred grand, 150 grand, 175, mm-hmm. like the Bare Naked Ladies and bands like that, the Arkells, more than people would realize 
are mm-hmm. playing private-ish gigs all the time. Maybe for like Microsoft's uh, team building weekend, they'll fly in a band like that. You know, Foo Fighters, I'm sure they do it. So if a band like the Bare Naked Ladies can get a couple hundred grand, mm-hmm. what is Neil Young getting for? And this is now in 2023 dollars. What is mm-hmm. Neil Young getting to play the Rivoli for a couple hours on a Saturday night? He's getting a couple million dollars. I would not argue. I would not argue. I mean, I, did I tell the story last week? I blew rodeo at Massey Hall. I thought, what a great place to see blue rodeo. Ma- you know, yeah, you Massey told me the tickets Hall. were a couple hundred bucks. Well, the ticket, yeah. The cheapest ones. Right. And it's like, wow. So, what And would, then what does that seat? And then you just do all the numbers. Well, what would the, the tickets were what? 200 bucks? Well, the, the, the cheapest. Okay, so let's just like, say it's 200. Right, right, or the orchestra or whatever you call it there at Massey Hall. Right at the front, they were like 350 375 Okay, well, just for funds, let's do an average price of $250 a ticket times 2,900 seats. Mm-hmm. So they're walking out of there. you good at this math. Well, because I have a calculator here. Oh, is that? Okay. Because my people are good at this. So that's seven. Oh? Yes. Usually yes. you fuck it up, <laughs> was my point. <laughs> 725000 would be the potential take for blue rodeo that night and, right, and um, blue rodeo god bless them oh god bless them oh god jesus um god jesus um, they ain't neil young no mm-hmm. well listen I, I told you my buddy jeremy who i opened for let's say he got a thousand people at uh the danforth music hall at a hundred dollars a ticket that's one hundred thousand dollars for the uh mm-hmm. For the um, for the gig, uh, okay. Uh, there you go. Um, lots of stuff. Well, Dan's going to come back here in a second. So we were talking about the great uh, great cup, which is uh, this week in Hamilton. Yes, I wanted Green to. Green uh, Day is Green Day is playing the halftime show. Are they? Yeah. Which I mean, I, I like Green. A, I like Green Day. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't agree with it. Of, I don't agree with it. Why? Well, because uh, it's the Canadian football championship. Can we not find somebody in oh. Canada to, for some Canadian band to play the Grey Cup halftime? Uh, good point. Um, I, I'm, right. Uh, uh, I thought you were uh, going to say it was the wrong act. I like Green Day. No, I think it's no, the it's, right act for that for, demographic. It's the, yeah, right, but, and it's the right act for that city. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, but the Canadian thing, uh, yes. Um, it just seems uh, weird that we wouldn't suss out some either iconic Canadian band. I don't go name one. Well, what about the Arkells from Hamilton? What about the Arkells? You know, the Arkells have probably been around, but what, pushing? I have no idea. Gotta be 15, 16 years. Wow. I have no idea. Um, I wanted to uh, share something with you. I think it came up. I can't remember if Bill and I and you were talking about Bill Brio last week. But it's something that I was really excited to see uh, because I had seen a, an advertisement for it. And I watched it last night. It's available on Crave, uh, HBO Max or whatever, if you can get it. It's called Defending, Defending My Life, the uh, Albert Brooks story. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, produced and uh, directed and, and hosted by his childhood best friend, Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. Again, you will love it because, <clears throat> excuse me, much like the Mary Tyler Moore documentary, which I still want you to see. Mm-hmm. 
it, it has a lot of nostalgia. You know, you'll, it shows a lot of Albert Brooks and his appearances on the Tonight Show and on Ed Sullivan, and and it's just filled with comedians in awe of Albert Brooks, from Larry David to David Letterman to Chris Rock, Sarah Silverman. And on and on and on, people talking about, John Stewart, about how Albert Brooks and his oddball, because his first, you know, 10 or 15 years of his career was all sort of doing stand-up, but really different, very Mm -hmm. alternative. You know, some of the stuff he did on Carson was just ridiculous, like not jokes, but... You know, he, he came on as a mime in full white, you know, mime face. And then did all, all he did was talk all the way through it. I'm not doing it justice. Anyway, and then it talks about the films that he made. Some of the other people in the documentary were Steven Spielberg. Uh, you know, people that were, that were fans of his films. But it's, I, I want you to, it's, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. Well worth your, your uh, viewing time. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 and it reminded me of a story that I'm, I'm, I'm sure I told you before, but I, I'd always heard this story, and, and then it, was, it turned out that it was true because they told the story in the documentary. In the early 1960s, when Carl Reiner was one of the biggest names in comedy, you know, he had been the, the creator of the Dick Van Dyke show, and, you know, along with uh, Mel Brooks, they were, they were just considered some of the sort of leading edge, the Larry David Seinfelds of their day. So Carl Reiner in 1963 goes on The Tonight Show. This is when they were still doing it in New York. And uh, Johnny Carson says to Carl Reiner, so tell me, Carl, who do you consider one of, the f- one of the funniest people you've ever worked with or met? And Carl Reiner famously says, my, son's, my son Rob's best friend, Albert Einstein. Because mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. his, his real last name mm-hmm. is Einstein. And, and they told the story in the documentary last night that I was watching. I'm like, I, I, you know, I'd heard that for so many years. And I'm so glad it turned out to be true. And then mm-hmm. Rob Reiner talks, talks about one of the times uh, that, that when, when Albert would come over and just dick around with Carl doing little bits, they said, I've never seen, he said, one of my dad's best laughs ever, ever was the thing that this bit that, that Albert did at their house. So uh, anyway, you'll love it. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you're even a passing Albert Brooks fan, you'll, you'll find it fascinating. And again, you'll like it for so many nostalgic moments, some, some bits from TV shows long past. And Rob Reiner, also Rob Reiner is great in this. No, definitely. That, would, uh, that is something I will, will would and will enjoy. Check out. Definitely. Yeah, you'll really like it. So put that on your must-view list once it gets all mm-hmm. dark and gloomy here. Uh, that yes. and the uh, Mary Tyler Moore doc. And uh, somebody yes. sent us an email this weekend thanking uh, me for the jury duty recommend. I, again, that's another one. I'd, I guess you got to see it. Buddy Doug started watching that. Oh, Mine's he did? Very clever. Very clever. Yeah, yes. I see. Mm-hmm. It, it's right up Doug's alley. Right mm-hmm. up his alley. Mm-hmm. Doug has an alley. That's in it. That's the alley. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, that's the alley. Anyway, I really was excited about this Albert Brooks thing, as you can tell. And, and uh, you know, I'd just forgotten how odd he was mm-hmm. as a comedian. But listening to Chris Rock and Jon Stewart and Larry David talk about how seeing Albert Brooks do that style of mm-hmm. whatever, stand-up or entertaining... <laughs> fucking he comes on mm-hmm. one show he's got a ventriloquist dummy 
and he's doing this ventriloquist act, but he's like not even pretending to be able to throw <laughs> right. his voice. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just so dumb. Um, but yeah, you, you, you know what? You might dig it. Uh, anyway, so we covered Neil Young. We covered, uh, covered that. We covered the Grey Cup. Covered the Argonauts. Covered the Argonauts. I have a song. I found a song that's so perfect for our show. I'll be playing that when Dan comes back. All right. Um, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if you want to go here, but it's there to be read, and I it scares me because I think it's going to strum the banjo of many Americans. Mr. Trump released his platform, and it's just full of hate and uh, immigration and walls and anti-Muslim and coal and oil and all the things that a simpleton loves and mm-hmm. as we know there are far too many in the united states so he can't be accused of not releasing that platform because there it is all aspects wow where did you, i'm looking for it now where did you see it uh i saw it on the ctv news they capsulize it dismantling the deep state he's going to be throwing people into prison in fact, people that are now, um, you know, responsible for indicting him. and Oh, yeah. The U.S.-Mexico border, it's going to be the largest uh, immigration and customs enforcement the country has ever seen. Again, throwing people in jail, throwing them out of the country. Uh, trade, 10% tariffs. And this is where it could affect us. 10% tariffs on everybody. And oh, yeah, here if it you is. try to fuck them over on any level, they'll banish you from even doing any <laughs> trade. Right. And the foreign policy, of course, it's, you know, sucking uh, Putin's dick. He'll be doing a lot of that. Uh, trans- uh, transgender rights, just totally eliminating everything. Um, anyway, it's all, it's all there. Energy. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Coil, oil, drill, baby. Drill is going to be the... Uh, is going to be the uh, is going to be the plan homelessness yeah. he's going to create huge government tracts of land where homeless people in cities will be moved to tents in these big tracts of land and kept out of the cities Oh, Public here he says safety. he wants to, he wants to bring back large mental institutions to reinstitutionalize yeah. those who are severely mentally ill or dangerously deranged mm-hmm. um yeah, I'm seeing it now. It's very much like the uh, the plan that uh, old Adolf had. Get rid of, you know, you know, pure the get rid of all anyone that's a little bit misfits. And yeah, did you did you I did hear in the sad thing. The timing is right for this. Well, of course it is. You know, after COVID, the economic situation, the border situation, it just speaks to Joe Dunderhead perfectly. It just does. And I think a lot of people in the middle will look at this and go, hmm, I might have a look at this. Yeah. Hmm. It, it, you know, people don't realize or they've forgotten because it happened in the 1930s. It took 10 years for Hitler to marinate the German population. It took. Well, it started after World War Two. But Trump has been doing this you know, sort of North American marination for a long time now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't even matter. I was going to say, I'm sure you saw the clip of him talking about how many votes he got. He, 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 it doesn't Mm -hmm. even matter that he says the most ridiculous lie ridden bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know, any other candidate saying that he got, you know, 75 million votes, probably three. He says almost three times that he, he basically said he got more votes than our registered voters 
in America, but no one cares oh, about by a that. long shot. By a long shot. I think there's a hundred and uh, I think I read yeah. it was 170 million. But it doesn't matter anymore because no matter what comes out of his stupid pie hole, mm-hmm. it, 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 the, the facts are no longer the fact that he continues to say, you know, you know, you, you saw this story a couple of weeks ago where he was going to release the information about how the election was stolen. It was going to happen within weeks. Now it's going to happen within months. Mm-hmm. The minute he's elected, and it's a good chance he will, he is going to go after everybody that went after him. Mm-hmm. That's going to be his. It's, it's like if it's like what they do with the Republican Party in Congress. They don't actually do anything for people. All they do is they they. It's all about revenge for them. Mm-hmm. And like his first term, and I mean, I got to say it. I mean, within this platform, there are some things that make sense for the times. But again, it's hard to sell logic and rationality. So what you do, you dress it up with a lot of severe stuff to sp- to get people's attention. And this is exactly what he's done. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he's doing. And, you know, as we said last week, is he stupid? No, he's very, he's brilliant evil. And this platform just shows you what that's all about. Anyway. And again, here in Canada, don't think it isn't going to affect us. It is. I mean, right from the 10% tariffs and other things that he could uh, levy tariffs on coming out of Canada, right down to all the copycatters in here in, here in Canada who just think this is swell and we should have it in Canada. So mm-hmm. that's where we're going. He says, uh, you know, he, the, the dollar 50 solution or is a bullet worth more than a buck 50 now? I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. But uh, Trump claims that even before he's inaugurated, he will have settled the war between Russia and Ukraine. That includes, he says, he says, ending, ending the endless flow of American treasure to Ukraine, which a lot of mm-hmm. Americans are mm-hmm. that that that's uh, rings a bell for a lot of Americans, because mm-hmm. a lot of Americans are like, why are we spending billions? Fighting, um, uh, you know, to prop up a, a country that they don't, they couldn't find on a map. Of course, mm-hmm. it, you know, of course, it makes sense. Oh yeah, this just speaks to Middle America. It just, it does. It really, really does. <laughs> Trump says he'll uh, ask Congress to pass a bill establishing that only two genders, as determined at birth, are recognized by the United States. Good for you, Orange Hitler. Good for you. You know, that's all great unless you have a kid that's transgender. Oh, no, no, I know. But then he goes on to say, you know, um, the transgender rights, they will not allow doctors uh, to guide kids towards therapy, you know, under 16 years of age. There's a lot of people in the country who go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, that's there. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense to me. But then it's dressed up with the severity to yeah, pull in the people that don't want to take more than three seconds to think about something no right? he'll end wind subsidies eliminate regulations exit the paris climate accord you know everything that a backwards shithole country like the u.s you know can get their uh, head around nothing in here about maybe not having kids being killed at schools or anything mm-hmm. progressive because that's not what people want to hear well there's something about people being killed here no he writes here no Uh, Very simply, if you rob a store, you can fully expect to be shot as you are leaving that store. Of course, this is going after the Justice Department and changing uh, laws so that deterrent deterrence of, um, you know, (laughs) self-defense and being proactive 
become legal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, but he's, what he's referring to is, I think San Francisco has had a rash of shoplifting as people can't afford to live in that greatest country in the world. You know, I, I watched a little bit of golf yesterday. You know, I know you'll be surprised. And one of the golfers they interviewed, it was a, this is sort of like the secondary events in the wraparound season of the PGA Tour. One of the kids was just out of the army. You know, of course, they talked to him about, you know, uh, being of service, which is, you know, their big, their second religion, of course. And in the interview, he said something, something, something to keep the U.S. the greatest country in the world. It's like, I'm just fucking (laughs) gay. I'm like, how ridiculous. It is so ridiculous, but it's like the way it comes out of their mouths. Again, it's like, that's their dogma. That's their religion to make everyone believe they're living in the greatest country in the world. Trump, he should also legalize rape because it seems that his millions of followers don't have a problem with their guy being a convicted rapist. So why? Just make that legal, too. Fuck it. You see a woman, you want her? Just take her. It's fine. That's what he did. Seems to be fine. Well, as in the I, minds of many, as I said to so. you a few months ago, that phrase I've started, you know, keep thinking in my head. There used to be there. There was a time mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a time in, in our society when if you were convicted of rape, that would disqualify you somehow from being president <laughs> of the United States. Yeah. Like yeah, like that would have you think about you could take, you know, you could do this. You could put all the things about Trump in a hat, pick out any one of them and go back 15 years. Right. And any one of those would put mm-hmm. an end to, an, to a candidate's um, chances of being elected school supervisor. Oh, I know. In fact, I would still stand, Howard. That rape conviction, he could not be a Boy Scout leader. He could not be a, you know, a, 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 a football coach. He couldn't be a teacher. All those things. He couldn't. But, you know, president of the United States, that's okay. Oh, yeah, it's cool. And the way, and the the best way to wiggle out from under all these indictments and the ninety one charges and the stuff that we've seen him do himself mm-hmm. in real time, say in real time, all that can be wiped away by by how becoming president. What a great, what a that's a great system. <laughs> it's a great on. system. That's a fucking great system. Become president. Yeah, that'll make it all go away. And and when, and what I mean, by the way, not only would it, not only would anyone like you, you could put all the things uh, convicted of rape, uh, indicted on ninety one front, you know, on charge. Like people don't again, it's too much of it. It's like mm-hmm. he he was convicted of fraud. That trial, that uh, those uh, hearings or that trial last week, that was to, to decide what the penalty would be. But he's been convicted of a of, of defrauding the state of New York, and none of that. Seems to disqualify no. his followers from thinking maybe this isn't the best guy. I mean, part of it is, <laughs> part of it is, you know, the the opposition. You know, I read that, another article this week, and we were talking about how how he's leading Joe Biden in those five key states. I'll tell you that you you know I keep thinking of although there's a way out of this. Can you imagine a debate between those two? I mean, honestly, Trump will eat him alive because he'll say stupid things, but Joe won't be able to be able to react properly with the right amount of wit and time. And it'll be it'll be awful. Now, Biden can refuse 
to debate, which might be an option. And then, of course, Trump will accuse him of being a coward, even though Donald Trump will not debate any of the people in the primaries. Yeah. Right now, he won't debate DeSantis and Christie and all these guys now because it doesn't make good political sense to expose yourself like that. But if if Biden does it, the rules would change, of course. Even that, you know, and, I'm, and I, you know, taking a step back, I, I totally get why he wouldn't want to debate those people. He doesn't have to. But there was well, a time. But there was Chris a time. Christie alone would. Chris Christie he, he just, alone yeah. would eat Donald Tribal. A, Donald Tribe, Donald Trump alive on a stage. But my point again is there was a time if you were running for president mm-hmm. and you decided not to debate your primary opponents, mm-hmm. that would be a, a huge thing in the news. That would be enough for people to go, well, this guy's a fucking idiot, but it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what he, Dan, I've got, some, I'm going to switch gears here because Dan's back. Mm-hmm. Daniel. Yeah. Yes. Dan, I wanted, I, I don't know if you saw this story. About Taylor Swift. But uh, I did want to, uh, if you had seen the story, I just wanted to say, listen, you're not working for an organization like Taylor Swift. $76 million is how much Taylor Swift handed out in bonus checks to the crew of her tour. $75 million for the crew of her Eras tour. I don't know how many people that is over how many... A couple of years, but I thought if Dan sees that, and he's wondering what kind of bonuses, you know, we're handing out this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, she's, you know, a, she's great. She's leading the way. <laughs> that's right. Take take it down a notch or two, Dan. That's not what we're giving out this year at Christmas. We right. Here's what we will do. We will probably be able to get you a, a plate of free wings at Kelsey's. Oh, that's worth it. Absolutely it is. 76 how much here when i read that story i thought how much money how much money does she make or has she made on this tour that she can bonus the crew 76 million dollars <laughs> no, wouldn't that be fun to be in that position you just look at your fortune and go i'm never going to be able to spend this my kids and their kids and their kids are not going to be able to spend this so I'm going to spread it around and see the joy on the people's faces in real time. Exactly. Fantastic. And that's why, and that's why, Dan, we're going to, I can't wait to see the look of joy on your face while we get you a pound of wings. Uh, Let's talk about these people that uh, support our program, rentelectric.ca. If you've been thinking about maybe getting into an EV, uh, now's the time to do it. A great opportunity. Call 1-800-387-9391. You can get a Tesla, a Chevrolet. Uh, Nissan Leaf. They're all available. Hatchback sedans, SUVs, hourly and daily rentals. Get one for a weekend and get into the world of electric vehicles. Use the voucher Humble EV and get $40 off your first rental. Rentelectric.ca. Located uh, near the uh, studios, 427 in Dundas. And the number is 1-800-387-9391. Tim Niblett is a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will be by on Wednesday. And we're going to talk about a list from the CFA Institute, which is the Chartered Financial Analyst Institute. And uh, what it is, uh, the 20 most common investing mistakes. Not all 20. You're going to look at a few of them and, uh, you know, relate that uh, information. Mistakes that are made 
in the investing world. We're looking forward to that. Uh, he's the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Um, I just sent you a note you can uh, refer to for uh, the next day or so. It's got actually, uh, I found the, uh, you'll see it anyway. You have a look at it. You where look did you send it? To you. To where? To you, Fred Patterson, at the Gmails. At the oh, Gmails. At the Gmail. Okay. Yes. Uh, Danny, may I call you Danny? Yeah. <laughs> Danny. Sure, whatever. You call me Dan, Danny, Daniel. Danny. My mother used to call me Daniel. Oh. She was angry. Daniel, my brother, you're much older than me. Uh, Danny. Yeah. She uh, used to pound on the, on the, the, uh, because we spent a lot of time in the basement. She would pound on the, on the floor if we had the music too loud. Oh, or she I just see. Yeah. to come up and do something for her. She just, that, you know, bang, bang, bang. <sighs> Uh, before the news, Daniel, uh, is yep. what I'm getting at. I have found a song, and uh, I think uh, it's not only is it, a, listen, it's going to take a couple minutes, but I think you guys will find it interesting. And uh, it, <laughs> it thank you. It, uh, it, goes on, it goes on a bit of a journey, but I think it's right. something that uh, all of us can relate to. Especially those that have uh, traveled on a plane uh, recently or in their lifetime, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, it's uh, without further ado. This song is called "Farting on an Airplane." Somebody farted on the plane, but no one knows who did it. I know there's somebody to blame, cause now the cabin smells like somebody shit it. The order hit me like a wave And then the head started turning I can't let this person get away Cause it smells just like a diaper is burning Now I'm running down the aisle And I'm grabbing people by the shirt Was it you? Was it you? Tell me the truth Nobody's fessing up But the smell keeps getting worse I know you smell it What a journey that was. Did you catch Quite all of production. that? The guy, the guy farted because he drank milk for the first time in a while, and he was going home to visit his mother who was sick. So he, mm-hmm. he, in honor of his mother, he drank the milk. I mean, fuck me. Talk about, you mm-hmm. know, there's a guy, some random guy on the internet. How talented is that kid? 
God mm-hmm. damn it. It had a happy ending. I liked it. Well, it had a sad happy ending. The fact that they were all oh. hugging it out because the guy farted on the plane, Dan. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Well, you know, there are so many fart songs out there. It's uh, it's quite an achievement to produce one nowadays that sort of <laughs> rises true. above the rest. That's right. That 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 kind of. By the way, I I don't even have to ask, but I mean, Dan, you must have farted on a plane in in all the time you've been on this planet. I farted on a plane before. Well, I you know, the planes, did. I don't know. The planes often absorb the farts somehow. They do. Dan? Yes, they do. Yes, I they do. I have noticed that. Yep. Coming back from trips and drilling one into the seats and thinking, oh, oh my yeah. God, that's going to... So, what is it? At the, is it the... Um, what they do with the air? What, what do you call the it? The pressurization? Pressurization. Farts do not smell. But I was going to say, generally they don't. I agree with both of you. But I have, on occasion, farted on a plane, and just like the character in that, it smelled. Okay. It okay. absolutely has smelled. And I thought, oh, well, There's got to be a threshold, I guess. Well, there is a threshold, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe it's just a certain flavor. Just get, you know, it's for most, yeah. most flavors it doesn't get through, but there's something that you ate mm. yeah. that contributed to, you know, maybe it was milk. But generally, you can get away with farting on a plane because of some kind of pressurization uh, hack. You know, it's good farting uh, food that doesn't create much of a smell. Just a subtle little odor mm. would give you good, loud, full-body cracking farts is cabbage. I've been eating a lot of cabbage lately. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it ferments or something. It sure. creates a pressure bulge or a pressure bubble and you release, but... And it's, you know, it's stuff that, hey, you want to talk comedy. It's stuff of which comedy is made. The sound, but the smell, it's not there. It's, it's the wonder food. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes us happier yeah. than finding a food that allows us to release some gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I have yet the, to, It's uh, more about the, uh, the sound. You enjoy the sound more. Mm. Well, yeah. It well, makes people laugh. It just not, does. But with a good fart, you know, it's not just the sound, Dan. It's the feeling coming out of your anus, you know, where it ripples and bulges. Yeah, I was thinking nope. maybe Humble and Fred branding some sort of charcoal filter. If it's just mm-hmm. the sound that you guys are going for, then you filter out the mm-hmm. the smell with a yeah in a filter. Dan Duran, just I saw your note that she made four billion dollars on that tour. Yeah, on the Eras tour. Well, that's why she bonused seven seventy five mil. Yeah, four billion. She makes eleven million per concert plus the uh, the merchandise or whatever she she has floating around the merch. Yeah, four billion on her tour. So that that tour happened in uh, what eighteen months. But is she happy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it doesn't matter how much money she has. She also has farted on a plane. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, all of us, the Pope, everybody, even Baby Jesus. If she, if Baby Jesus came back and went on a flight, he would fart on a plane. Mm-hmm. I remember Delise's family traditionally were very prim and proper still his mother her mother still is her dad isn't because he's dead mm. they used to they used to call it a smell they used to when the dog would fart summer did you let us smell summer let us smell or you'd be somewhere <laughs> in his smell and he'd go who let the smell who let the smell <laughs> until they met so, you then they changed it I to summer so did you shit <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this show is evolving, though, because usually we lean heavily into this shit. Today, it's just the fart. Mm. No, I know. You know what are. I mean? 
Well, you know, we do both. We're we're very we're versatile that way. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, I had, a, I, I had a discussion about farts with uh, girlfriend Lisa. Did you? Okay. Did you? Yeah, right? Because I don't. I do not fart around her. Mm. But no. I have been known to like it in, in the kitchen dining room area where I've broadcast from. Mm-hmm. When she's not in the room, have mm-hmm. let one go. Now on the other side of the house is where her office is. Mm. And she has heard a couple of those oh. and has oh. made some sort of comment from that office uh, in disgust. And I didn't well, understand it. It's like, well, okay, well, you know, you know, not even, it doesn't matter. But to her, what's, what grosses her out is farting in the kitchen ah. because of the gas from the fart. And I never, oh. ever considered that before. That it, it, it permeates the place where food is prepared. No, it sticks oh, to the yeah. bread. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like I, 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 that argument goes out. I don't because where's what? It's not like the fart hangs around just being a fart. It gets dissipated into the atmosphere. Yeah, then it gets it falls on food or something. I don't oh, know. Right. I mean, it, it's not my thing, but I I mean I don't get it because no 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 no. I'm the same here. I mean it's overthinking it, but I, I definitely get the connection. I'm. Elise would be the same way. Horrified by it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring up that I have yet to. I spent a lot of time the last two weeks here uh, near uh, Senora. But the last three or four days, we spent a lot of time together. And uh, I'm, uh, I was, I was going to bring it up that I, have, I don't know if, because I haven't been around her enough to actually let a fart go. No. Or, a, or as the Spanish Weird. call them, pedo. Mm-hmm. Oh. Pedo is a fart in Spanish. No pedo. Senora, no pedo. No fart around the girl. Wow. Are no, you getting some, cr- some cramping then? Oh, yeah. Well, I go out of the room. Like, when this, here's the thing. On the balcony here, you're right by the ocean, so the sound of the ocean can cover mm-hmm. a nice fart. <laughs> uh, all right, Dan Duran, are you ready? Because uh, we yep. still have more Dan Duran to come. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential <laughs> anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Bruno Gerussi's son's place uh, Dan Duran <laughs> News brought to you by Boron1, Boron1.com Go find out what the world of Boron has to offer you as Boron is in so many parts of our everyday life, and now might be a great time to investigate the world of this particular company, getting Boron out of the ground as a, uh, as a commercial operation and perhaps a great investment for you and your portfolio. Boron1.com. Now, back to Dan Duran. Well, it's Diwalia. It's the weak Americans that are going to shut down their government again because they're serious people. And it's the day after I heard my first Christmas carol in a retail store. Mm. With all that going on, things are melting down in Iceland. Yes. 
They've got a magma tunnel forming, which sounds fascinating. A yeah. magma tunnel is forming that could <laughs> reach through the surface at any point, especially near a small town called Grindavik. You've been to Iceland. I, I have. I've been near Grindavik. By the way, Dan, just a quick pop-in question. Uh, is the magma tunnel uh, that you have was where your farts are produced in the magma tunnel? <laughs> yeah, okay. All yes, right. Magma All tunnel, right, yeah, everybody. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're... they're uh, Play Punday out of town. It's time to Rima. Those are, uh, you know, getting getting out of town. Oh, of in words. in Icelandic. Icelandic. Yeah, Icelandic. Yes, I'm a, a purveyor of of fine terms in the Icelandic language. I did not know anyway. That. Yeah, interesting. Officials in Iceland were warning about an imminent volcanic eruption following an intense wave of earthquakes. Imagine, more than 800 quakes have been recorded by their meteorological office mm-hmm. since Friday. Since Friday. It must, it must be, they must be freaking out. I mean, I can't... I'm, be terrifying. In San Francisco, I, I mean, when I, w- I was there for one or two of them, that, that you actually you felt. Yeah, but, me too. You know, I, was, I, I had one in L.A. Only one in all the time I was there where I, I woke up thinking I was sort of in half dreaming. And you're, you're feeling the world around you or vibrating. You're thinking, what? And uh, went and ran underneath the, uh, the door. You're supposed to do that. But it, until I realized it was a fucking earthquake. Oh, mm-hmm. Dan, did God you mention, you did you mention, um, <laughs> running under a fucking door? Well, that's what you're supposed that's to you. do. Okay. What, but, but the rest of the, f- the rest of house stays. Falls. Yeah. yeah it's the crazy. rest of the building falls, but it's just it's you just, setting yeah. it under the door. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> did you mention that to, in the volcano that erupted in 2010? <clears throat> did you mention that part of it? The, no, um, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, I did not. Are you getting to that? No, no. I know there's 32 active volcanoes. I wasn't uh, finishing up on the But in 2010, a a volcanic eruption in Iceland, similar to what this could be, created ash clouds. You remember this? It closed European airspace for weeks. Oh, Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So this could be another one of those. They've evacuated the residents. Uh, What's a town called? Grindelwald or something? (laughs) (laughs) What's it called, Dan? Grindavik. Grindavik. Grab my dick. What? <laughs> Grab my dick. <laughs> oh, Meg. There's a town in Iceland called Grab my dick? <laughs> oh, boy. See, now, now I'm just worried that those guys I was talking to yesterday would actually tune into this fucking nonsense and be, oh, this is what. Next time I go and watch the sunset, then they're going to let me hang out with them. I want to go there. <laughs> fucking Grab my dick, Iceland. And some people will go just to get their magma tunnel touched. <laughs> Dan Duran. Um, the most beautiful women. Uh, and yeah, I, I was in, I was only there for like four or five days. Very, very, there's, yeah, very uh, Nordic beauties in that city in Reykjavik. Just, just amazing. Are just there every, trees everyone. there? I just imagine they're yeah, just, there are just, trees. just a barren wasteland. But yeah, there are trees. It's not probably like that, right? And I was there in the summertime where the sun never goes down. I, uh, I went to a golf course. We didn't play, but we were mm-hmm. out for dinner one night. Mm-hmm. And on the way back to my we're little Airbnb, mm-hmm. we stopped by the Reykjavik golf course where people... Reykjavik? Reykjavik. <laughs> What place is that? We just passed First you gra- grabbing it, now gra- you're wrecking it? Yeah, there's wrecking my dick. And then, of course, on the outskirts was touching my dick. Um, 
And uh, there were guys teeing off like midnight. They're with their little walking out on the first hole with their little pull carts off for a little round. The sun goes down for like a minute around three in the morning, but that's it. Weird. Did it look like a good course? Yeah, it was really neat. And uh, everyone has uh, blackout curtains so that they can go to sleep. Well, Dan Duran golfed at midnight once, didn't you, Dan? Did I? I thought you went, yeah, you went on some trip up. Up north, north didn't you go to like the Yukon or yeah, something? And, and you said you you rarely. Oh golf, but right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, with Jesus, uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dad. Fuck, I remember that, and you don't. Jesus, yeah, you were the guy that did it. Dan's like, <laughs> I love the look on Dan's face when you brought it up. Dan's like, uh, did I? Did I? Who am I? <laughs> What part of the world was It meant more to me than it did to you. <laughs> Weren't you? Wasn't it the Peter Zofsky charity thing you were on or something? Yeah, it was a book uh, thing. It was, yeah, something to do with that. Right. And Valdi. I remember Valdi played when I was up there as well. Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ, Dan. Like, you don't remember a- that. I remember the charity. He remembers where you were. <laughs> Valdi, did they get uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan to come too? I love <laughs> hey, hey, I love Valdi. Really? I do. I love Play some of his for me a rock and roll song. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love that. And there's, uh, another, Dan, you, there's a Baldy song you about uh, Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I talked over you. you no, no. That's, uh, there's, there's just, uh, I like, there's uh, another Baldy song that we played when we were uh, DJs in the 70s. Uh, over uh, and over again. Over and over again. There's, all his songs are, uh, what does it mean when you can't play a song? It's like some of his songs aren't on the, uh, Okay, anyways, it doesn't matter now because I can't find it. His songs are not on um, Spotify. What do you think of that? We didn't, we didn't want them there or something. Okay, so anyways, what were you going to say, Frederick? YouTube or just something. No, Dan mentioned, because uh, I had written this down, it's the first thing on my page today. He had mentioned Diwali. Is that what they call it? Diwali, Diwali yes. Diwali, Diwali. Diwali yeah. I'm a little annoyed at my neighbors here in Brampton. You know, at 1230, 12.40 to be exact, fireworks were still going off in Brampton. Last night, like, in the middle up. of the night? Yeah like, yeah, like piss off. Seriously. Like, I get it. It's a celebration and everything. But it's a Sunday night. The, you know, the majority of the town, believe it or not, still probably doesn't celebrate. Has to go to work. Kids have to go to school tomorrow. I just found it very selfish. 12.30, 12.45. Just like, and distant from here like like why at that time anyway it, yeah. it annoyed me well, I, I can there see that. Thought, you know this is this is needless and now the the city of brampton over the past few years they've been thinking you know we gotta maybe do something about this curtail this like have them in specified spots at specified times and of course you know what the pushback is you know mm. i remember flying in we're, we're, I think it was- we're being centered out huh yeah, anyway Go ahead. I remember flying in last year at this time uh, mm-hmm. from Europe, and then there was there was this celebration going on. You could see it from the airplane, all the all the uh, the fireworks going off. I didn't know it was Diwali at the time, and, and did inquire. I was like, "Holy cow!" I'm sorry. Diwali. It was it was called it's called Divaldi. Divaldi. <laughs> Divaldi. It's Divaldi. <laughs> Hey, I love the celebration. I'd listen if somebody invited me to a celebration and offered me some curry, I would go. No, but I mean seriously. And uh, so, what, what did they do? They push fireworks and played Divaldi songs. Here he is. I was presented as a kind of a singer that could enjoy. I like this song. 
As I climbed up the stairs yeah, this is a total uh, 1970s AM radio staple. Yeah, I always got the feeling he was a bit of a downer. That's why I said Gilbert O'Sullivan, but I guess he was. His songs were, yeah. the tempo was a bit down, yeah. but not necessarily the subject matter. He was kind of a folky Fred. They called them folkies. Not folky, man. Yeah, not folky, but folky. Or don't play me no song at all. There's a song is I can't find and I like called uh, Peter and Lou about uh, Peter and Lou who would skate on a frozen lake. Very Canadiana. Uh, all right, we got to uh, wind this down uh, tomorrow on the program. Uh, Dan Duran will be here. That's always exciting. Uh, we've been uh, talking about this uh, character for some time, and I'm pretty excited because there was a, a period about 10 or 15 years ago I went through a real Food Network phase where I was like learning how to cook all these dishes and I would plate everything. And one of the guys I liked the most was uh, Michael Smith. And Michael Smith, who is known to Canadians far and wide, is one of the uh, great Food Network personalities. We're going to have him on uh, for various reasons, not the least of which is um, he's, uh, he's got a thing or two to say about a subject we've talked a lot about here, which is tipping. So uh, that's cool. And he says it's time for a reset. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Interesting. 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 Mm-hmm. Also, that kid who's a friend of uh, your bro- your brothers, your son, uh, the MTV doc, the Much Music documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Menard will be with us when we uh, get back into guests for the next couple of days. Uh, Dan Duran, great reporting on uh, the uh, things going on in uh, Iceland. Uh, Touch my dick, wreck my dick, and grab my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Very good work. <laughs> and to uh, everyone else, we appreciate your support. And uh, if you are the guys uh, I was talking to last night, this is what we do. And uh, I will apologize when I see you in person. All right. Did you did you walk them through how to get the show? I did not. By the way, uh, BT has just uh, joined us. BT, mm-hmm. what's going on, bro? Hey guys, how we doing? We're great. Very good. You, you're you're a little bit early, but that's fine. You're you're a major contributor to this program. Well, I got a note from Mike to be there on 8.15, so I'm here at 8.15. Fantastic. That's all that matters. Um, before we get a... By the way, before we start our official uh, Brett Tanner uh, chamber plan uh, interview, how's uh, how's the body? How are things? You feeling okay? Yeah, things are things are pretty good. You know, I... I um, as, as, as we get older and we, we still play things like hockey, we, we, uh, we get injured. Because we're old. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. did, did you? Did you? Yeah, I, I got knocked over, kind of fell awkwardly, hit my shoulder. and oh, uh, Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's good. I got a good cracker, though. Uh, Cairo, I go to, he'll, he'll pop it in. I'll be good as new once, once it's back in there. <laughs> uh, it, it, don't you ever think that maybe this should be the last season? You told me in the summer you're still playing hockey, and I can't imagine it because the first thing I think of is falling over. Exactly. And not getting up. <laughs> yeah, well, I fell over. I got up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and let's remind everybody that Brett's around our age category. I think he's a little younger than us. Yeah. But, Brett, didn't you just have, like, I can't remember if it was your hip or your knee replaced? Yeah, I had a hip done uh, in de- in December, and um, you know, um, but that's you know that's life. If you 
if you want to do some things and you you play some sports over the years, you're going to yeah. have a little, little wear and tear. And oh yeah pay the price you know but here's the thing like knowing and i loved hockey as a kid i played right up until my early 30s and but knowing how much you and i like golf i know you enjoy your golf once i got to the hip replacement stage i might sacrifice hockey to continue to play because i know you and i played golf this summer and uh it's uh, that hip replacement made a big difference in your ability to play again uh have you had any more trouble with your hip no, no, it's been uh, it's been great. I think they've gotten so good at these things that uh, you know, and and the recovery was so much easier than when I had the knee done ten years before. Um, but uh, you know, this this is the problem. We get old. We're talking about all our injuries. <laughs> That's right. That's all we do. Well, listen. Let's make this official. Oh, no, I don't have any because I don't do it. <laughs> That's right. It's, well, you, there's there's that. There's uh, that. Yeah. You, you can't you can't get injured laying around under a blanket. Uh, let's start this officially. He's been a supporter of our program for many years now, and uh, you know it's interesting to me, uh, Brett Tanner of the Chamber Plan. Even now, after all these years. We get people continually inquiring about the chamber plan. We just sent you uh, a couple recently. People listening, and finally, it makes sense. They've heard they've heard the message. So let's sort of reintroduce uh, Brett Tanner officially, uh, who brings the chamber plan to our program, and we can talk a little bit about some of the uh, benefits of this type of insurance to begin with. Something called pooling. Maybe you guess sort of set the stage for why this is so attractive to small businesses. Yeah, I mean, a, a big chunk of it is uh, the, the, the the program was designed as as a actual member benefit for members of local chambers and boards of trades back in the seventies, and it was because back in the day the insurers didn't uh, didn't cover firms that uh, had less than ten employees, and um, the program has grown. Obviously, we we insure many firms up to a hundred lives or or beyond actually at this point or hundred employees, and. Um, but it's a non-profit program, and one of the big key features is for groups with less than 10 employees, they could be what's called fully pooled. So um, unlike the rest of the market that's going to take a look at your claims and your usage, mm-hmm. um, you're in a pool, uh, largest pool in the country with 33,000 firms or so on it, and uh, the renewal each year is based on the pool. So, uh, you know, our, our renewals for the pool the last few years have been you know, two, three, four percent, um, significantly less than industry inflation. And part of the stability is the size of the pool because it's just so large, plus the nonprofit nature of the program. And we have a partial pooling system for larger firms. And um, even for smaller ones who want to take a bit more risk uh, and get a bit better rate, they can go to the partially pooled system. And that takes a look at your usage, but it also pools most of it so you're you're going to get a benefit uh, if you've got good claims a slightly higher rating if you've got bad claims but unlike the market there's still a pooling system behind there to sort of absorb if you have a bad year claims wise i mean a lot of employers have no idea if they hire somebody that the 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 new hire's spouse is diabetic for example Mm -hmm. and um you know, the costs for things like that uh, can really blow up a, a program f- for a company. I mean, if you've got 10 or 20 employees and suddenly you've got two diabetics you're covering, you could be looking at a 40 or 50 percent increase in your benefit costs. 
And just to be clear, when we say small business, how small can a business be to be part of this? I think that's like a lot of small, small business think that, you know, this isn't possible. Like they're too small for it. Yeah. Too small. Yeah, no, we'll do sole proprietors, one person, people that are contractors sometimes uh, that don't uh, get provided benefits. We will provide options for them. Um, We have um, underwriting on one and two person firms, but should they have any health issues and so forth, we have a what's called a guaranteed issue uh, level where they could sort of take some basic coverage um, without underwriting, uh, take this sort of level until they get to three employees and then they can move into a more robust plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a good way to get them sort of started, particularly if they have some health issues and couldn't typically qualify for benefits. But you have to have an operating business, right? This isn't like a retired person can sign up. You have to be an operating business. You have Is to be that, a functioning yeah. business. There's mm-hmm. there's a, a minimum hourly requirement mm-hmm. and um, uh, that that you're working per, per, per week, per month. Um, and and even that uh, we're 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 uh, looking at reducing that uh, right now. And in fact, it's 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 happening as we speak. It's it's um, it's going to be reduced down to I think around twenty five hours. Which mm-hmm. which the idea behind that is that of course there's a lot of people now. Um, they are permanent staff, but they're not working 40-hour weeks. Right, right. So, um, mm-hmm. Like the people that inquire, I can't remember the name, and I wish I had it in front of me, but the person that inquired, the humble and Fred listener, I think they were a, you know, a, a company similar to ours, one or three or four employees. The idea is that these small businesses can have the benefits of a big business. One of those benefits, and you know, we, can get, we don't have to get into all of these, but one of them that's so important nowadays is uh, something called Teladoc uh, with uh, mental health um, options and you maybe sort of give us a little background on that. Yeah, um, Teladoc uh, bought Best Doctors a few years back, and we used to have the original Best Doctors program, which was basically a second opinion and, and ability to access doctors and so forth. But with Teladoc, it takes it a step further. Somebody's at home, they, they want to call, they can, they can get a, basically a, a GP. So many people don't have a personal doctor anymore. Um, you know, and, and maybe you got a, a, a kid sick at home and you don't want to go sit at a merge for six hours and you mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be at a merge because the kid's got the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you could sort of look after things, uh, fr- from, from home using Teladoc. But they also have a, a whole slew of mental health resources to, to help people that you can access. Um, if it's partnered with our EAP program, which is, stands for Employee Assistance Plan, and there's, um, you know, uh, an abundant mm-hmm. number of hours of counseling um, and access to uh, clinical psychologists and so forth, it, you know, and and a lot of things sort of to, to for employees to, the employer doesn't want to know and the employees don't want the employer to know that, that maybe they're dealing with a stressful situation and, yeah. and having trouble functioning. And this allows them to do it without either taking time off or calling in mm-hmm. sick constantly or, or whatever, or, or burdening the, the employer or telling the employer something they don't want the employer to know, you know, maybe on a personal level. So, and, you know, it's a bit of a buzzword, but it's, it's a reality is men, mental health is, is, is here to stay. It's, it's a bigger thing than it was, you know, um, in the sixties and seventies, it was like, just suck it up, buttercup, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. was, was, was right. kind of, that was the mental health regime today it's 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 just not that way people people need resources and and people to Mm -hmm. talk to and 
and you know it's uh, it's yeah. for the better. since since COVID it's exploded. So, you know, there's prescriptions and there's dental options, and uh, we've talked about the travel option. There's also some new options and flexibility you're offering. Yeah, the um, the, the plan, you know, and it's kind of funny. I've, I've talked to people in the past, and they call and they say, oh, well, I've already got a quote from the chamber 10 years ago. didn't do what I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. Well, like all programs, it's it's evolved significantly. Now there's things like healthcare spending accounts or lifestyle spending accounts, um, so a health health care spending account for those that sort of obviously don't speak insurance lingo mm-hmm. is 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 where basically the employer designates a, an amount and the employee can claim something that would normally be allowed under a health mm-hmm. and dental plan by CRA um, with with the flexibility. So they if they were given say a thousand dollars spending account, they could. They could spend a thousand dollars, and and it's up to the employee whether they want to put it to um, drugs or or psychologist or dental or you know braces for their for their mm-hmm. daughter or whatever it might be. Um, a lifestyle spending account is something where it would be outside of what CRA would allow, um, but um, and and it's but it's still something the employer wants to provide to the employee. So it be, a lifestyle spending account becomes a taxable event because they're paying for something that not mm-hmm. wouldn't fall under health and dental. So that's typically things like they're going to pay for your gym membership or or for you to take an additional course or you know other resources for 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 people that would be. Um, normally not considered in the health and dental regime. Well, we've talked, uh, listen, we, on this program, of course, I've, I've used it personally, the industry-leading industry leaving travel coverage and, and just what kind of peace of mind the chamber plan can give you. This is all in, uh, in, in support of this, this small business insurance program. And finally, what does non-profit and lower overhead have to, what does that mean exactly? Because, you know, we don't speak insurance, you do. Yeah, well, you know, for starters, because it's a nonprofit program, you don't have that additional layer of, of margin that you need mm. uh, to, to pay shareholders. So, um, you know, the advisors are compensated similarly to they would be in, in, in the market with any other products. So there's there's not really any difference there. Um, but in terms of operating the program, it's it's very efficient. The, the pool absorbs a lot. So, um and, and um, because of the size of it and, and the pooling effect and the fact that it's nonprofit, it, it, it typically runs at 10 or 15 percent below, um, you know, um, what what a traditional plan would. Now, it, it's a little different in the sense it doesn't buy business. Most of the carriers in the marketplace, their practice is to basically offer a low discounted rate to come in. And then if you use the plan at all, then your, your rates go up. That's right. Significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that part most people will, that part of insurance most people do understand that if you use it for some reason <laughs> for some reason yeah. if I use this it costs yeah, me this, more. And this aspect is huge for small business because again we we can relate to that going forward. You sort of need to know what your costs are going to be. You know things can't uh, you can't lose control of really any aspect, and it's good to know that the history of this plan is. You can count on what it's going to cost you year to year. And uh, listen, man, I, we certainly appreciate your support year to year and uh, wish you the best. Do, just try not to fall anymore or have to get. So now we've got knees, we've got uh, hips. Soon there's going to be a new shoulder. You're like the bionic insurance dude. <laughs> well, 
just got to keep on ticking, you know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, are you going to head down uh, and play a little golf anytime soon? Uh, yeah, we're uh, we'll we'll do our usual thing after the holidays. We'll probably go down for a week or two and um, and play a little golf in Florida. And um, but uh, I'm looking forward to some some sunny, warmer weather. <laughs> well, listen, my brother, we pre- we appreciate you visiting with us today, Brett Tanner, the Chamber Plan, ChamberPlan.ca, and uh, let's not make it so long. We'll have you back soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Thanks, BT. Hey, see you, Brett. talked about Bodog? You did, didn't you? Yep. Okay. Because uh, I got to keep remembering to do this. A part of our uh, Bodog commitment is uh, this, my friend. Feeling stuck on the sidelines? Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle? Yeah, I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. We should really put a trailer together. Dan Duran. A trailer. This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails. We really do. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. That's Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think. And tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast. Walk them through it, and we'd have another listener, and it really helps us out. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, it's Devaldia honoring the triumph of light over dark with folk songs. So go out there and enjoy every goddamn day. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that?